We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeff Ritter is wearing his master's swag. Uh, he's going to reflect on how beautiful it was there at Augusta. We'll talk about Scotty Scheffler's runaway win, and we'll talk, preview this week's RBC Heritage Classic at Harbortown. All that more and more on the next Gaming Golf coming up right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Gaming Golf, the RBC Heritage Edition here. Uh, I'm here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Chansted. I am Jeff Erickson, uh, here for 30 minutes of frivolity and fun and maybe some analysis brought in there every once in a while too. Jeff, you went to Augusta, you got to see the Masters, such that it was, the runaway uh, that uh, after Scheffler posted that number on Friday, he put up a number no one could come close to it after that. I guess at one point he got to within a stroke or two, but only so briefly. How was it uh, being there this year? Uh, it's always awesome to be at the Masters. There's always, you know, even though this wasn't, it won't go down as like the most exciting Sunday ever in Masters history, but there's always something, you know, there's, mm -hmm. it's just special to be there. And there's always things you walk off or, you know, you wake up Monday morning talking about or thinking about the things you'll remember. I definitely will remember um, that exchange on the third hole on Sunday, you know, where you thought maybe this is going to be a head to head duel that goes down in history. It's going to be, Scheffler and Smith just trading shots all day and and who knows we'll see how it shakes out at the end but that third hole chip in from Scheffler like from below the green you know that was just an unbelievable that shot is so difficult and then the 12th hole where where Cam Smith sort of KO'd himself in the tournament those moments stick out but I think the other thing that made this one different is you know Tiger Woods's presence and the reception and just like the warmth around him and adulation. I mean, in 2019 it was electric excitement. It was like Tiger Mania. This was still Tiger Mania, but it was something different at the same time. So for him to still get around on the weekend also made this one different. And then of course Rory McIlroy. You know, like the biggest roars of Sunday came, you know, a solid hour before the leaders came through the 18th hole. Uh, what he did didn't really, I don't know that it really put a scare into Scheffler to see somebody in the clubhouse, you know, five shots behind him. He gave a couple of those back, obviously on the 18th green, but, 
the Rory McIlroy final round and the back-to-back sand shots with him and Morikawa, that's going to go on the highlight reel, you know, from this Masters, which it's rare that somebody that far back, you know, does something that uh, that endures, but that's going to be one of those moments too. So overall, you know, I don't, I don't know that it goes down as um, a Sunday duel that we'll remember or even necessarily a close Masters, but it still had its moments that um, that will hold up. And not any any other commentary from the Masters. No, I mean it's just it's just amazing what Scheffler's doing. There was a there was a tweet stat out there. The only players ever that have won uh four tournaments in a year, and one of them being a major, one of them being a WGC is is Scheffler and Tiger like seven different times. But like the list is unbelievable. What he's doing is amazing. We talked about him last week. Like we all liked him, but he was the highest priced guy. He was really low odds. Um, I didn't bet him, so it was a bad betting week. It was a good DraftKings week. I was my main team was six of six making the cut for the weekend, so that uh, worked out well. Although I had too much Tyrell Hatton, Terrell Hatton, and, and Max Homa who melted down the weekend, but it was uh, it was fun. I think the 18th hole with uh, Rory and Morikawa goes down as like the best, most fun uh, part of it. Uh, Nick Faldo spoiling it made it for a, an interesting story too, and he's taking a bunch of heat for that, but kind of in a in a funny way. He clearly messed that up where uh, he he took all the fun out of a. Uh, that, that Rory shot going in, but uh, that was a great moment. It was, uh, but it's all, it's the masters. It's always fun. Tiger there was great. Um, but yeah, I wish we, I, I love Scheffler, but I wish we had a little more excitement on Sunday. Yeah. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. So let's move on, uh, move on to the RBC heritage at Harbor town. As Lynn Hockberg brings up in his article up on Rotowire, you know, you would think the week after the masters, you'd maybe have a cheesy field. Wouldn't be that strong, but you know, RB, the RBC always does pretty well. Uh, a lot of pros like playing the course. It's a traditional older, shorter course. Uh, plus, it's RBC, and there's a lot of RBC pros that are kind of required to go there, like Dustin Johnson. Uh, but I, 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 for the most part, I think there's a lot of players that like coming back to this course. Matt Kuchar is one of them that comes to mind. Uh, so could be a, a fun field. It always amazes me how many players can be in the hunt at the Masters, you know, and put so much into that and then just turn right around and still play this event. I know it's a more mellow setting and uh, spot. Harbortown's serene. It's it's beautiful. It's not a particular, like you said, it's not a particularly bruising golf course, par 71, smallish greens. You kind of just bunt it around and, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully not have a putting week. You know, your putts aren't always on the edge like they are at Augusta National. But it's still amazing to me so many guys play. Is it is just that was and especially that was a tough Masters week. The Sunday was gorgeous and you know low winds, but every day leading up to that was tough. And it just I gotta think it took a lot out of the players. It certainly took a lot out of the writers who were there. So yeah, you know, the, yeah. The you're still recovering. How are you? Not, I I'm not going to Harbortown this week. Uh, there's no way. Um, but guys like Cam Smith, you know, is in the fire and and he's in the field again this week. It's you know to me it's a surprise. Or even like Morikawa, some of those other guys who yeah. Backdoor to top 10, it's um, it's impressive what they're able to do. Yeah. Well, and both Rory and Morikawa kind of backdoor that top 10. Uh, Rory's not the first time he's been done this in a major. I mean, this is like his Augusta MO, especially. You know, yeah. his, his career track record at Augusta is impressive. But then you look at it, and he really only had two shots to win. You know, there was the one he took the lead in 2011. He, he took the lead into the final round and, you know, was set up to win that. And then the Patrick Reed year, he was in the final group, but never really threatened, even from the final group. So it's really just a revolving door, backdoor top tens. But I think this one was different for him. I mean, he even said coming off the green, it's the first time I've ever left Augusta feeling good, uh, which I thought was Hmm. telling. So 
Yeah. Uh, we'll see, see uh, you know, how, how do you take momentum from one round into another round a year later? You know, I don't know how much stock you put into it, but at least he's got something there to build on for the next it, time. It's pretty wild. He hasn't won a major in eight years. I don't think we thought that was coming at any point uh, when he, when he won his last one. I mean, eight years is a long time for him. It's uh, it, it shows how, how damn, how damn hard it is to win these majors. Yeah. No kidding. I didn't realize it had been that long. That, that's yep. pretty, pretty wild. Yep. All right, let's turn our attention to, to this week. Uh, big names at the top. Justin Thomas, 11-1. As you mentioned, Cam Smith, 10-8. DJ, 10-5. Morikawa, 10-2. And Cantley at 10,000. Uh, we'll start with Scott here. Uh, are you building a lineup around one of these guys? Um, maybe, but I've really liked the nines this week, as we'll get to. But, I mean, JT's playing the best of all these guys. You mm-hmm. look at, I mean, he's played seven events in 2022, five top tens. You look at the last 24 rounds, he's top five in this field and off the tee, tee to green approach. Approach is a huge stat this week. You know, we always talk about it, but it's, it's really a stat this week. And the fairways are small. The greens are small. Um, driving is uh, is less of an importance and distance is less important in this tournament than, than most events. But he's just too much more expensive than Morikawa for me. He's 900 more than Morikawa. So I'm just, if I'm going to play some of this range, I'm going to go drop down to Colin. I'm going to save a thousand bucks. I mean, that gets you, you know, someone from the sevens up into the eights. I think that matters in, in a lineup this week. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, he really played well on, on Morikawa played really well on Sunday at Augusta, obviously finished with a 67, uh, you know, got into, I think he t- tied, tied for fifth when it was done, had a couple of rough tournaments before that, but you know, it was top five in both tournaments before those. I think he finally found something over the weekend at, uh, at Augusta. And I just, I think it's a really good course fit for him. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not like forcing anybody in the five digits in this week, but if I'm going to play someone, uh, I'm going to go Markawa at 10 too. Yeah. He's got the, the laser accuracy with his yeah. irons. Um, and you know, that that's usually something that's pretty important here. I'm trying to look to see course history here. Uh, and he finished should... seventh, seventh last year. That's pretty good. 12 under yeah. 12 under used to be a winning score. Uh, wasn't last year, but still not bad. Not bad at all. Jeff, how about you? You like any of the top five? Here? Yeah, I think uh, I think Scott and I are on the same page of the uh, one tier down, which we'll get to in a second, is very tempting and at better at better prices. I probably I start I put a line on DJ first. Um, he's been close at this event. I don't think he's missed a cut in Harbor Town, um, but I think Morikawa is a solid choice too. I just think you can save a little money if you're building your lineups and maybe get two or maybe even three guys off the nine thousand tier. Uh, that is tempting, but for me, it was DJ Morikawa off this top. All right. Very good. Let's move on to the nines that we like so much. Shane Lowry, 98, Corey Connors, good friend, 97, Daniel Berger, 96, Matt Fitzpatrick. Don't call him Matthew, 95, Sungjae M, 93, Jordan Speed, 92, Neiman, 91, and Russell Henley, 9,000. Mr. Ritter. You said you like the $9,000 tier. Who do you like among these guys? Love the $9,000 tier. I mean, Shane Lowry is playing the best golf of his life right now. He's defending champion. So, uh, and this, this RV, this course does produce repeat winners for whatever reason. It's a place where guys can get comfortable with this and, uh, and play well continuously. We talked about last week, how Augusta national is one of those courses where you might place even more emphasis on course history than any other, tour stop that's how i feel but this is this is one of those other tour stops where you stop and say okay you know how does stewart sink win here multiple times how does davis love dominate there's Mm -hmm. just like a certain there's certain guys that just build up over time that just play this this course well so i'm not scared at all to go back to shane lowry as a repeat champion it's not it's very hard to win an event back to back but in this case uh i'm on board i also i mean Corey connor's friend of the podcast 
uh, had a great master's week, walks out with no real scar tissue, I don't think. And, you know, he's got that ball striking profile again, that would play well at this course. Uh, same for Joaquin Neiman, you know, he played some high wattage rounds there with tiger, you know, and played really well alongside tiger and alongside all of that. Uh, this has got to feel like a vacation for him after what he just went through at, at Augusta. So, um, I like him a lot for, for this price. And, and even, um, I would say Sung Jay, where is he's in this tier, isn't he? Yeah. 94 guy, 93, even 93. Sorry. Yeah. 90. Yeah. Same. Sung, Sung JM also, you know, a lot of time in the heat at the masters, but still probably walks out feeling confident. I played well on Sunday and, you know, kind of hung around all week. So again, ball striking, great profile for this course. Um, I, the only person I really would fade off this tier is speed. I just, he just still seems lost. And, you know, if he doesn't get the good vibes going at Augusta national, I am at this point going to be a week late as opposed to a week early on speed. So, but anybody else on this tier, I think has a lot going for him. I'm not crazy. Sink one here last year, not Lowry, right? Yeah. Oh, it was Lowry. Where did, when did Lowry win this? He, I don't think he's, I think he's done Lowry. well, but I don't think he's won it. Oh, I'm sorry. It, no, was, I just, it was sync last year. I thought I looked. Right. I looked it up. I thought. I thought it was sync. I thought it was. I, you mentioned sync and won a couple times. I thought he won last year. But yeah, it, you're uh, right. He was. I I agree with you on Lowry. I mean, Lowry's just playing so well. He's got what is he had four tournaments in the U.S. in 2022. Third, twelfth, thirteenth, and second. Like he's just playing really well. He it was T three at Augusta last week. Um, he's fourth in approach in this field over the last 24 rounds. So I'm all in there. Um, I also like a, I like a bunch of other guys in here. I like Daniel Berger at 9,600. If you look at, um, you know, shot gains approach, you take the last 50 rounds. He's first in this field. You look at, uh, you drop it down to 24. He's like 10th. Um, brutal weekend at Augusta, a little concerning. He was 77 and 80, but he was 13th here last year. Hit it great at Honda. I wonder if that, that final round on Sunday, maybe is in his head a little bit, but, uh, I think at 9,600, he's a, he's a good play here. Um, I love Fitzpatrick again too. 9,500. He was very quietly top 15 at the masters. I don't know if we saw him once on Sunday, but, uh, finished really well. <laughs> um, last six tournaments, one miscut. That was the players that again, we talked about, we kind of throw out the other five were all top 15. Like you give me a top 15 at 9,500 and I can go with that. I know he's not someone who's won tournaments, but, uh, give me a top 15. I'll take it. And he's a good course setup for him too. He was fourth here last year. So I think the, I think the course really sets up when he's not a hugely long hitter, but very accurate um, like that. And then finally, I think Russell Henley at 9,000, a really good play too. Uh, if you take the top last 24 rounds, uh, Henley's first in the field in shot gain approach. We're talking about that's a key, a key uh, stat this week. He's 10th in Tita green, 12th in ball striking. You look at DraftKings points, which is what we're talking about. He's fourth in this field over the last 24 rounds, makes a lot of birdies, scores a lot of points on DraftKings. He was ninth here last year. He's seven for seven in cuts in 2022. Um, I love this range. Lowry, Berger, Fitz, and Henley. I'm kind of mixing, matching. I might even play three on some teams. Um, I think this is the, this is the tier to attack this week. Yeah, and if you don't have and you you yeah, and you have to skew Tom, JT, and Smith for sure to go fit that in. Yeah. Uh, maybe you go more Akawa and like Henley and M or Henley and Fitz, and you still have to squeeze a lot there. It's still pretty tough. But uh yeah, a lot of fun golfers in this range. Let's look at the eight thousand dollar golfer range. Uh, another I think there's some interesting names here too. Maybe not as as good as the uh, but just why they're cheaper though, too. Webb Simpson, eighty eight hundred, one two years ago here. Billy Horschel, 87. Tyrrell Hatton, 86. Harold Varner, 85. Siwoo Kim, 84. Alex Noren, 83. Tommy Fleetwood, 82. Kevin Kisner, 81. And Chris Kirk at 8,000. Scott, are you finding guys in 8,000s that you like? 
Not as many as the nines, so I'm kind of leaning towards the nines and seven. But I actually want to ask Jeff a question. Um, how do you feel about Hatton coming off the negative comments at Augusta, how frustrated he was at the beginning? You're a better like, uh, feel for how these guys are personally, how they're going to react to stuff. How do you feel about Hatton this week kind of going, um, coming off the, how frustrated he was over the weekend? Um, I not bothered this week. You know, I, I wonder if those, those are comments that I feel like might linger for next masters and get yeah. brought up, you know, he, he's going to have to answer for that, but this is also just his way. You know, he runs hot. He's yeah. just a guy that says he what he's going to say. And it's, it's probably I, more in character for him to give that interview than just hold it all in. So I'm not, I, I, I really like him this week, but you have a better yeah. feel for that kind of stuff. So I was curious how you felt about, you know, if that you thought there was going to affect him moving forward, right? It feels like this feels like a pretty good course for him. And the price seems yeah. nice. It hit a 600, uh, you know, he's great at Valspar the week, uh, before, you know, the current before the masters. And then obviously um, struggled over the weekend, but uh, I, I do like him at a 600. I think he works well. I also like Alex Norin um, hit it really well at Honda. Um, and at the players, he gained a really well an approach at both of those. He putted really well at Valspar to kind of kind of sneak back into it. But, uh, you know, Norris played five tournaments in 2022. He's made five cuts. He has three top 12. So not just making cuts, but like finishing high up the board. 8,300, uh, I'm definitely in on that. So Norris and Hatton this range for me this week. Yeah, Hatton two years ago finished third at 20 under too. He didn't, didn't like do that. as great last year, but still. Some positive course history there too, yeah, which you always like, like to see. Uh, before we move on to the $7,000 tier, quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, that is our quick note on the Blue Wire Network. Thank you. We always have our podcast hosted here on the Blue Wire Network. Seven thousands. Uh, let's go through the uh, the whole process there. Were they too numerous to? No, nah, I'm going to name them this time. Screw that. Uh, we're going to go crazy this time. <laughs> Matt McNeely, 70, 79. Jason Kokrak, 79. 78, we got Nan Kucher. 77, Harmer, uh, uh, Brian Harmon and Mito Pereira. At 76, Hoagie and Hadwin. At 75, Streelman, Young, that's Cameron Young, Ian Poulter. 74, we got Troy Merritt, Luke List, Dylan Fratelli, 
at 73. Sebastian Munoz, destroyer of T-boxers at 73. T-box markers at 73 also. J.J. Spawn at 73. That's Eric Van Runyon, by the way. The, the 12 listeners that listen to us regularly know that I make that joke, but there's someone new just in case. Russell Knox at 7,300 as well. Uh, at 7,200, we've got the Austrian Matt Kuchar. Are we still calling him that, guys? Or is, is Matt Kuchar the American Sepp Straka yet? Uh, this will be a telling week. You know, it's a big week for Kuch. This is, <laughs> yeah. He could do well here. He could. But Straka's at 72. Glover's at 72. McCarthy is at 72. Seward, defending, uh, defending champ, Stuart Sink, all the way down at 7,200. At 71, Aaron Wise, Patton Kazire, Sahit Tagala. Charles Howell III and Anirban Lahiri are all at 7,100. At 7,000, we got Tringali, C.T. Pan, Davis Riley. He's, his price has dropped back down again. Ricky Fowler's at 7,000, and Scott Stallings at 7,000. All right, that's a lot of names. That was, <laughs> that was probably not worth the effort to go through them eat one by one, but hey, hey, and once you started the bit, you had to finish it. Um, Jeff, you get to go first this time. Who do you like in the sevens? I'd probably go down to the bottom because, again, like Scott mentioned, I'm thinking the same way of can I get three $9,000 guys into a lineup? And so to do that, you got to go bargain hunting a little bit earlier. So uh, there's a reason I I went into the waiver wire in our fantasy league and tried to grab Davis Riley. Um, I just liked the way he was trending earlier this year. I believe he got into the Valspar, right, that he was in the playoff uh or was it just second place? I can't remember these. Uh, second place. Uh, second, okay. We lost in the playoffs. Yeah. So he's not, I think driving accuracy is probably his weak spot. If I remember, I looked up all his stats before I added him. Harbor Town, you don't really need to, you don't need to go out there and launch it. You know, you can just kind of bunt it around. And so for me, that was, it was actually a guy that I just circled and I wouldn't say build a team around, but just someone where I felt like if I grabbed $9,000 guys, I got to start thinking low sevens, high sixes to round up the team. And, uh, and Riley was my favorite. And I will say, I wouldn't be afraid to go back to Stewart Sink because there are guys who just, this, you establish this track record and uh, it just works. So I, I wouldn't be afraid to add Stewart Sink again. So those are my two. I just, I kind of just started at the bottom of this tier and went up. And those were the guys that I found. Scott? I have a couple at the top and a couple at the bottom. I'll, I'll give you real quick. Uh, I do like Matt McNeely at 7,900. Um, he's, uh, you know, look at uh, DraftKings points over the last 24 rounds. He's 10th in this field. So scores really well, makes birdies, hit it great at Valero last time we saw him. And he was T4 here last year. So a really good course history. I think it fits him pretty well, too. Um, I love Adam Hadwin this week, 7,600. Um, you look at what he's done recently, uh, fourth at Valero, seventh at Valspar, ninth at players. That's three straight top tens. Uh, he, gained, and he gained nicely in TD Green and approach in all three. You take this field over the last 24 rounds, he's seventh in the field and approach. He's seventh in ball strike. He's ninth in TD Green, just playing really well. So he's kind of just a recent form kind of guy um, that I think is interesting. Um and then at the bottom, I do like Russell Knox again. You know, made seven cuts in a row. You're kind of looking just at this range and make some cuts. He's 16th in this field in approach, 15th in ball striking, 17th tee green. So a top 20 guy in some big stats this week. And down at 7,300, he's priced way out of the top 20, which is nice. Uh, I also like Sebastian Munoz, 7,300. Uh, he's made five straight cuts also, all those in the top 40. Gained really nicely in TD Green three straight before the players, which is a rough, which is rough for him. But uh, has just, just been playing well. I think Knox and Munoz both make the cut. And at 7,300 down this range, um, all I'm trying to do is get my 6 of 6, my 5 of 6, and get guys through the cut. And I think that uh, I think they both make it. 
Uh, if you want to get a little spicier, I think Mito Pereira at 7,700 playing well, four top 30s in his last five. The one missed cut was the players. We've talked about Mito a lot. I think he's got a lot of upside. So maybe a little bit more risk with him, uh, you know, maybe a little more variable. But I think you have a you have an upside of a top 15 with, with Mito with maybe some of the other guys. Uh, you're just kind of playing the floor of the safety. I'm going to throw out Denny McCarthy, McCarthy uh, at 7,200. It's made 12 of the last 13 cuts. He's not a big hitter, but that doesn't hurt you here. Uh, I think he's one of the better putters on tour, and I think that might help him. Uh, you know, he's got to hit some greens. That'll be the, the tough part there. But I, I think, again, another guy that fills out the dance card, you get the, another cut maker here. What's the possibility of a top 20 finish? Play, played really well at Valero, too. It was not just the putting. He hit it well, uh, tee to green and approach. So that's uh, he just, you're right, he just makes cuts. Yeah. Uh, any, let's go with the cheapies, the 6,000s. Uh, we'll go Scott first this time. Who do you like in the 6,000s? Anyone? It's a tough, it's a tough range this week. It's, it's hard to find great names down here. The one that I do like is, uh, is Nate Lashley at 6,700. Um, you look at his four tournaments since the beginning of March, he's finished seventh, 27th, 15th, and 18th. Like you're not, you got a guy at 6,700 that's made four straight top thirties and three of those top twenties. Like that really jumps off the page. Uh, gained really well at Valero gained 8.3 T to green and 6.1 in approach. Uh, even though, even you go five tournaments back, hit it really well at Honda, but missed the cut due to terrible putting. So if you just kind of be average putting, um, I really like the way he's hitting the ball. 6,700. I think it's a way that uh, you get maybe three of those guys in the nine thousands in, or maybe sneak in a Thomas or more a cow in your lineup. I think Lash is a good way to do that. I think Lanto Griffin at 6,800 is kind of interesting too. You know, maybe he found something in Valero, um, gained over five shots, tee to green and approach where he was he'd kind of been struggling. He's playing well and struggled. Maybe he found something in Valero. You look at this field over the top 24 rounds, he's 18th in the field and approach. I like that stat. Um, I like Lashley the best down here, but I think Lanto is also workable at 6,800. Jeff, who do you I'm like? I'm going down. I'm going down to 6,300 to try to fill out, uh, to try to cram in another can 9, I, can, I, can I guess who it's going to be? Please, gotta be Luke Donald. It is not. It uh, could have been. Got a good, got a good course history there. Yeah, I thought I'm it was going. Good I'm going to Kumi Kanaya. Ah. Who got got out of the match play. Got to, got out of the group stage of match play. Uh, played the Masters, missed the cut, but didn't yeah, miss. I think he missed the cut on the number. Um, you know, you're just looking for a made cut here, and he's he's missed more cuts than he's made this year. But I like the recent form. I also wonder he's a he's a multiple winner uh, over in Japan. And I wonder a shorter place like Harbor Town just might kind of be a fit for somebody who's kind of cut their teeth over in Japan. So it's a shot in the dark, but I feel like there's there's something there to say maybe a better chance to make the cut than miss it that we this weekend at that price. Do you have do you have any confidence that uh, Henrik Stenson found it the last couple of weeks making his la- making the cuts at Valero and Valspar? Because I looked at him in sixty five hundred, I couldn't quite get there after the, the bad stretch, yeah. but it seems like maybe he found something recently. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, Ryder Cup captain, he's got to try to play more weekends and get to know his new team. <laughs> he's got to go <laughs> searching for teammates. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe just that announcement. And maybe that's also in the mirror. I mean, these yeah. guys are human beings. They get distracted with stuff off the course and Ryder Cup captain sees a big deal. So uh, it seems like a, seems like a good, relaxed. good coursey fit for him since he doesn't yeah. need to hit it far though. It seems like, yeah, maybe, you know, dials in those irons, hits that three wood and um, I don't, I don't hate him as a, uh, you know, kind of punt play down at the bottom at 6,500. Yeah, this week. I can get behind that too. I know I should have asked it in the previous se- uh, section, but, uh, any love for Cooch this week at 7,800? Maybe love's not the right I, word. I don't like the price. Love. I, I think he should be, I think he should be lower. Um, but I do, I do like him. I mean, this is, this is one of his places, right? So, um, tempting, but I, I don't know. I think there's just other. I couldn't make what I would try to do is get three nine thousand dollar guys into my lineup, and I just had to go low sevens and 
I just had to work yeah. that way. So there was, second there was and sixteenth, no the last two tournaments. That's the yeah. only reason maybe it caught my eye. Plus the yeah. course history. I yeah. didn't. I didn't love the ball striking when I looked. He just kind of putted his ass off at Valeri. Gained okay. seven and a half shots of putting. But I mean, two top twenties in a row. I get it, and it's course history. But I don't know. I just didn't. When I looked at the kind of the approach and the stuff, I didn't didn't get all that excited. All right. Very good. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the betting side of things then, right? Shall we? All right. Uh, sure. Let us do that. Jeff, who's on your betting card this week? Oh, darn it. I was just, I had this up and then I pulled, I lost the sheet. Oh, no. yeah, go ahead, Scott. Scott, you go ahead. Scott, I've got the guys. Go. I need to see the odds again. This okay. is a, it's a weird betting week because this, this field is so top heavy. And I think that uh, you look at like JT's nine to one. I just, I love JT, but I'm not betting a guy under 10 to one in this tournament, especially coming off the masters. Who knows, you know, if he has bad one bad round, what happens here? So I'm going to actually, I'm going to jump back this week. I'm going to take more guys at, lo- at longer prices and, and try and hit one just because I'm, I'm, I think all the guys at the top are, I mean, we got Matthew Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick, sorry, at 18 to one. I just, I can't get a board on those prices. Lowry's 18 to one. Like I love betting those guys, but in the 30 ranges. So I'm going to jump back. Uh, I'm going to go Tyrrell Hatton at 35 to one. I think we see a nice bounce back this week. I like this uh, course a lot for him. We talked about him, you know, his reaction to the masters, all that. Um, I like Alex Norton at 50 to one. I like Mab McNeely 55 to one. Adam Hadwin for sure at 65 to one. And the last one I haven't figured out yet. I probably got room for one more guy. I just think that Sung Jay, we didn't talk much about him, but he sticks out to me. He's 40 to one on DraftKings right now. You've got, wow. you've got, you've got Henley at 22 to one. You've got Fitz at 18 to one. You've got uh, Webb at 35 to one. I think Sung Jay probably has a lower floor than some of those guys, but I think he has way more win equity than any of those guys. I think he has a better chance to win this tournament than any of those names. And at 40 to one, although I'm not playing him on DraftKings this week, I don't, you know, didn't love his form prior to the masters, but played well last week, uh, 40 to one, I just think is too high a price. I'm just going to strictly kind of play that from a, I think the number is too high angle this week. And I think he's got a, he's got a better chance to win than a lot of guys above him on the list. I shouldn't have let Scott go first because oh, I, I had the same thing teed up for Sung JM. I just wanted to see the numbers. I showed 35 to one and I still like him there too. I, I think he's one of my favorite bets on the board. Uh, I'm still staying on Shane Lowry. You saw 18 to one. I thought I saw 20 to one. It's probably on the way down as people sort of climb aboard. Fun, fun guy to root for on top of, you know, recent form and everything else. Joaquin Neiman, 30 to one. Uh, I like that too. So, and then for a couple long shots, already talked about him. Stuart Sink, defending Chab, 101. Yeah, why not? People repeat at this event all the time, including Stuart Sink. So, <laughs> you know, why not at 101? And then Davis Riley, my my kind of young guy that I'm watching, uh, added to my team. So I see him also at 101. And uh, I'll, I'll fire a dart there as well. I I really think Hadwin's too high at 65 to 1. I, I really like that one this week. Good pick, too. That's a good all pick. Right. There you go. Fire it up then. Uh, let's, let's do one and done. Uh, now, Jeff, I think. I made you go first last time to your chagrin, but that's why I was trying to let you go first on your, your betting sheet. So you could go last and one and done here, but uh, I'm going to make you go first. Sorry. It's a tough. I world. think uh, I, I entered, I entered today's podcast thinking I was going to go with Joaquin Neiman. Um, however, just kind of looking at the odds and hearing this and thinking it through more, Sung JM is underpriced. I don't know if he'll be under. One and done, you always try to think who might. I want to try to grab somebody that not the entire pool is going to take. Um, I think I'm going to go. Boy, is it, I'm between those guys. I think I'll go Sung JM. But I, and if Joaquin Neiman wins this thing, I'm going to kick myself. But I, I got to, <laughs> I need to win. I need a win in this pool. So I'm, I'm going to lock in Sung J. I love the course fit. You got to feeling good. 
His dad just made a near ace at the par three contest. The Masters just riding the wave ever since. Uh, one of those little pre-tournament viral moments. But uh, I like I like him this week. So I'm, I'm going to go in. I uh, I was back and forth on this one, and I don't like his odds to win, so I'm not going to bet him. But I'm going to go Matt uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I think that uh, I, I like the top 15s, five of the last six, and he's got a really good chance to win this week. He was uh, what we say he was uh, fourth here last year. I mean, he's a good spot for him. I'm going to try and uh, I'm gonna, not going to take in the top guys, um, but I'm going to go Fitzpatrick. I think he's got a good chance to win. It's probably a really good spot to use him, um, whereas I I don't see myself maybe using him the rest of the way. So I'm going to go Fitzpatrick this week. All right, there you go. Um, I was debating. Uh, I'm going to go with the cuddly Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, do you know? I, I think I'll be alone on this one after his 79 and 80 over the weekend. But I think he plays generally had been in good form prior to that, and hopefully he won't be too, such an angry young man, or at least he'll channel that a- a- anger there a little bit. That is that. That's my alternate. So I I, I obviously really like that pick. Good pick. I think, to, I like it. I, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see Knights bounce back. I think that. Uh, 35 to one on him. I think it's a really good bet this week. I'm, I'm in on that for sure. And my alternate is Russell Henley. Um, I like him too. So there you have it. Uh, any other parting thoughts for Harbortown before we send off? Are you, uh, are you attending any other majors, uh, Jeff? Uh, TBD. We'll, we'll see. Okay. I gotta, and can you, know. you provide some swag for us? Even though we won't see you in person, you still have to ship it. Regardless. Have you, have you ever been to St. Andrews? I have, yeah. I I covered. How is the it? Tw- give me, give me, give me sixty seconds on St. Andrews. It's a, it's like playing golf in a museum. Like yeah, walking Augusta awesome. is cool, and it's a bubble. But St. Andrews is just all out there in the open, and you're just in this old town, and just you get to see this whole landscape where towns, the town is like walking around you on certain halls or stopping to watch you, and it just. Oh, you actually so you played you played you actually played that too. Yeah, oh, I played it. Awesome. I've played it and it covered it in 2015. So it's a it's uh, it's uh, awesome. one of the best spots on earth if you Super love jealous. if you love that golf, is so. uh, that is that is high up the uh, high up the bucket list for sure. Absolutely, yeah, keep it there. It's worth it. I, uh, when we were we were in college, we had, I had a friend that uh, studied abroad in Scotland, and I get, at the time you had to be you had like a letter from a country club or a letter from your your home course to be able to play it in St Andrews. So we uh, we may have doctored up a letter from the Claremont Country Club that I signed and uh, it told him about uh, his handicap was low enough to go play. So uh, somewhere uh, my buddy got to play, but I never got to play. But my name might be uh, might be on the band list there. I'm afraid. Uh oh. Worth it, and there's there's actually seven <laughs> golf courses in St Andrews, so you know oh you, can gosh, do a, really? you do a whole tour and then just That's make awesome. that your grand finale or get it in the rotation, and you can you can make a whole trip out of it just playing golf every day. It's amazing. The whole That's place awesome. is amazing. I I am envious. Uh, someday though, we're gonna try to do a golf trip. Uh, or, oh, I have a golf trip, regular golf trip. We we're gonna do uh, Scotland when we turn fifty. Uh, COVID hit, so I have not played there yet. Uh, but we'll still do that. Now we're going to wait till the kids are in college and then we'll go uh, because that's funny how that works sometimes. Why don't we, why don't we just do gaming golf, like take it like college game day, right? I mean, yeah. Gaming golf on the road. <laughs> Let's go get those media passes. I'm Beautiful. Sure. Yeah. We, we'll use, uh, we'll use that reach if, if for, for good, for sure. All right. That's going to do it for uh, gaming golf today. Thanks for listening as always. And uh, good luck in uh, the RBC heritage this week. Take care.